When I went to each of my direct selling clients and said, I know your conventions are canceling. I know your conferences are canceling. I had this experience. They jumped on it because they are in a space where they are still improving, not just surviving. Welcome to the Content 10X Podcast, the show where content creators learn how to harness the power of content repurposing. And now, your host, Amy Woods. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Content 10X Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Woods, and this week's episode is about repurposing a keynote talk into an online course. And I have a wonderful guest on the show, Erin King, to talk all about this topic. Now, Erin is an international keynote speaker, which I guess you're not surprised about given I've just told you the topic of this week's discussion. And she's also the best-selling author of Digital Persuasion, Sell Smarter in the Modern Marketplace, and a three-time entrepreneur. Now, Erin has been hired by the Academy Awards, the United States Navy, ABC Disney, Hilton Worldwide, and dozens and dozens of others to elevate their digital communication style to attract attention, increase influence, and sell smarter. And she's also the founder of Socialite Agency, the world's only social media firm that specializes exclusively in live events. Erin, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks, Amy, for that great intro. What did I miss? Any major things that I missed there? <laughs> <laughs> I think you nailed it. You nailed, you nailed the, the important parts. <laughs> very, very busy person. It sounds like there's quite a story behind working for the Academy Awards, right? So that's the Oscars, is it? Yes, yeah. <laughs> it, it was um, It was a crazy story. I was uh, starting my agency out of my kitchen, um, just myself and one other person working at my kitchen table. And we were about to have to close up shop because we weren't able to make a, a cell phone bill payment of $100. Oh. And so I gave myself another month and said, look, if I can't pay this, this cell phone bill in a month, we're going to have to start and go get a job and you know just give up on the dream and everything. So um, I, was, uh, I was doing a lot of outreach and made my dream list of clients and just did sort of the actualization thing of visualizing, having them, writing it down, telling people that they were going to be my client. I bought my outfit for the award show before they even hired us and just kind of willed into existence and and one message a pub message my pub method personally useful brief um actually got me a meeting uh, in LA and my little two-person agency, we beat out some of the biggest agencies in the world. And I staffed up quickly and went to Hollywood and we uh, covered the entire show. And um, it was an incredible experience. And and from there, my agency kind of exploded. So it was kind of our big break. um, And it was a pretty special time. So it's amazing, isn't it? How, you know, like you said, you were at that point where you were wondering whether it was going to work out and whether to, to stop. And then just one one message one big break and it just changes everything it's amazing sounds like there could be a movie about that 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 would get an oscar (laughs) (laughs) it it was pretty incredible um it was incredible but it's also something that i like to share because to your point if someone's listening to this call right now especially in quarantine pandemic times and, and when everything's so uncertain just just to keep pushing through right when you think you're at the very end just that final last push you know it really is darkest before the dawn so 
I would say if someone's listening to this and they're feeling like they're ready to give up, just kind of keep pushing through because it just takes, like you said, that one client, that one contract, that one meeting, that one opportunity, and it can literally change the face of your business from there on and it can just explode from there. So just if you're feeling like that right now, just keep on keeping on because you're almost there. Yeah, you never know just you never how know. close you are there. <laughs> so true. So, so when we first met, we worked on um, helping you with repurposing your keynote talks, which was um, really fun to work on because just seeing you speak on stage, obviously fantastic speaker. Um, I wanted to ask you before we dig into what you've been doing in response to obviously being unable at this time to deliver your keynotes and how you've been creating new content. How did you get into you know, becoming a professional international speaker? Well, my agency, Socialite, as you said earlier, we run social media for live events. So the Oscars was our first uh, big live event. And that led to, we did Fashion Week and eventually led us into the live event conference trade show world. So we got hired by a lot of big trade shows and conferences to run around, see like a bunch of journalists and interviewing keynote speakers and live tweeting sessions and creating live content around these different B2B and B2C events. And one event we were in Las Vegas at the Apex SEMA show show, which is a big automotive show in Vegas, like 190,000 gearheads. And uh, one of the sessions, a breakout session had about 200 people in it. And the topic was social media. And so the meeting planner, who was my client, came up to me and she was bawling, crying. And one of the social media speakers, for whatever reason, they weren't able to make it. They, I think they got sick or something. And anyway, so she said, can you just go up there and talk about what you do with you know, us, what, what you do with our social media? And I said, when? And she said, well, it starts in 20 minutes. <laughs> so no way. I went up to my room and I put together like three slides of pictures. I don't even know what they were. And just, just went up there and and shared what I knew. I just shared our case studies, our strategies, our approach, spoke from the heart. And I figured it was probably just a one and done scenario. Well, after when I got off stage, there were a couple of brands that came up to me and said, Hey, that was really helpful. What is your fee? Can you come speak at our marketing meetings and our sales meetings? And I, I had no idea you could get paid to speak. And so that led to those couple gigs. And then those led to a another couple gigs. And it just kind of, weirdly enough, this, my speaking business is the, the first venture I've done that I didn't set out to create. It kind of found me. I'm still sort of pinching myself the last couple of years like that this is, is or was an industry <laughs> um, that you could make a living traveling and, and helping people and, and getting them motivated and inspired. And just, I think that the biggest takeaway from that experience of, of that business has been that if you're speaking about what you know, what you really know, what you really have experience in, if you're just sharing actual case studies, what you've walked, not what you've read or listened to, but what you've actually done, you just disguise the limit as far as how successful you can be. So as long as you stick to what you actually really know and, and you come from a place of service as you share those things, you really can't go wrong. So that was kind of, I think, the, the secret sauce behind the speaking business. It's quite a story. I completely agree with you as well. Um, if you you really do know your stuff and you're passionate about it, and you've been, um, you know, you walked the walk, and now you're starting to talk the talk. I have spoken on various stages. I guess I do do quite a bit of speaking um, each year. Obviously, not at the moment as we are about to yeah. talk about. Um, <laughs> but I um, 
I, I didn't find the transition, you know, too challenging to start delivering talks on stages because I'm talking about what I know about, you know, I'm talking about my area of expertise, what I'm passionate about. I'm literally sharing the stories of, of what, you know, what we do and what we've learned. And so when you know what you're talking about and you deliver it with passion and um, it comes from the heart, I guess, it works. It doesn't hurt. You know, people can see that that, that, that is, um, you know, that people are going to learn from you and people are going to be inspired by you. Um, yeah. And your your talks, you know, are absolutely great. You know, the content that we worked on, video footage of all the different talks that you've been delivering. But, um, you know, as we speak at the moment, uh, we, we're both in quarantine in different countries. Well, we're in the middle of the, the global crisis and unfortunately, Unfortunately, yeah. many, many industries have been been hit really hard. And one industry is the event industry and um, and then all the people who work in that, like yourself, um, speakers. Mm-hmm. And when we spoke to each other a few weeks ago, I was really inspired when you told me, you know, your response to this and that you were looking at how you can offer something whilst unable to stand on the stage. You know, how can you take what you have, the message and what you teach people and deliver it in a different way. And that's exactly what, you know, repurposing is what we talk about with repurposing. It is that it's just taking your knowledge and expertise and packaging it up in different formats, in different locations mm-hmm. for each different people. So tell us a bit about what what you have, what inspired you and, and, and how you've gone about turning your keynotes into a an online course. Sure. Well, first of all, I want to say I've seen some of your videos as well. And I think you're an awesome keynote speaker. You're a great storyteller. And to your point, you're so authentic and genuine. So I think that um, you hit the nail on the head. It's talking about what you know and being passionate. And you definitely have both of those. So don't sell yourself short, Amy, first of all. (laughs) <laughs> and I would say, second of all, um, yeah, this whole thing has been nuts. And if you're listening to this and you're a keynote speaker, you know, it, it's or an event planner or an event marketer, it has been a roller coaster. And in one given day, um, you can be laughing and crying. You can see the light at the end of the tunnel. You can feel like it's the end of the world all in the span of an afternoon. And that's just the reality of this ride that we are on right now. Um you know, I think that there are there are different types of, of speakers and meeting professionals, but I really think that if you had to simplify and create a duality of how people are responding to this in the meetings industry, I really think you have two different types of people. I think you have the set of legacy speakers, legacy meeting planners, meeting professionals that are in this mentality of when this is all over and things go back to normal. And, you know, I just got an email this morning from an unnamed large, uh, I guess, the, the biggest publication, one of the biggest publications in the events industry. And they are, they're sourcing experts for people to weigh in on what it's going to be like when things go back to normal. So that's interesting that they're, instead of trying to innovate now, they're trying to already shift the focus for when it's over. So I thought that mm. was interesting. That, that's kind of the one subset. And then the other subset, on the, on the other hand, you have people you have speakers and professionals and meeting planners that are embracing the now and that are banking on the fact or the possible fact that this might be our new normal for a long time. It might be for six months. It might be for a year and a half. And when you go through a time like this, that's so unprecedented, you just, you don't know what the future holds and you don't know what it's going to look like. But what you do know is that right now, thank God, we're living in a time where we have access to 
all of this technology, social media, digital platforms, live platforms. You know, you and I were complaining and, and joking earlier about, you know, it's, it's a blessing and a curse because now everyone's going live and everyone's on the Internet and bandwidth's getting jammed up and <laughs> So it's it, it's it's a it's a good and a bad thing in a couple of ways, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but I think that you know, if you look at sort of which subset, if you want to ask yourself, you know, am I deep down waiting for this just to be over? Am I hunkering down and waiting for things to go back to the way they were? You know, or am I a member of the second group, which is the the yes, this is happening, and what am I going to do about it? And I think as speakers, particularly Amy. And you've worked with some of the greatest speakers. I know you work with Jay Bear and um, Amy Landino and, and all these different incredible thought leaders. Um, and I think that they are all of that second subset where, you know, we've as as inspirational speakers, we we preach a lot. We're, we're we're teachers, we're preachers, we're coaches. And and I think that what's interesting is now it's time for us to really walk the walk and be players and take our own dang advice, right? About yeah. innovation and change and and so long story long, um, what I, what I've done is I've, I've taken the best moments from my keynotes, which, um, which I, I figured out really by watching the, the painful exercise of watching yourself on stage, which we all hate to do because <laughs> right. We're like, yeah. we're like, Oh my gosh, why? You know, but so, um, watching all the video footage, which your team watched my footage as well. So I apologize in advance for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you love but, watching it. <laughs> oh, cute. But, but anyway, but so, you know, watched all the footage and we, we basically marked all of the moments where you could see the heads nodding in the audience. So my husband Hartman actually films all my talks for me, which is great. Um, it's kind of like game film, you know, we'll, we'll mm-hmm. review it afterwards. And, and we have two cameras, we have one camera on me and then the other camera on the audience. And so what I'm looking for in, in that second camera are head nods, um, people writing things down, people, obviously like the laugh moments are easy to mark, but you're, you're looking for these aha moments in this journey that you're taking them on because what resonates for multiple audiences live will definitely resonate on digital. Hey, just a little break from this podcast episode to ask you a question. Would you like one single place that you can go to that provides you with everything you need to be able to implement the best practices in content repurposing for your video content, your podcast episodes, and your social media content today? To help you get more value from the content that you create, get more time back and help you reach more people than you ever thought possible. If so, then you are going to love the Content 10X Toolkit. The toolkit is full of video tutorials, templates, checklists, swipe files, step-by-step guides and more that shows you how to repurpose your content in the best ways possible today. No more Googling, no more figuring it out yourself. We provide you with everything that you need to become a content repurposing pro. If this sounds like something that would interest you, then go check out the Content 10X Toolkit at content10x.com forward slash toolkit. Okay, I'm back to this week's episode. So marking all those different moments from the live experience was sort of the first step that we took to taking my keynote and converting it into a digital experience. So the second step that we took was I went through all of my social media content from the last 18 months. And what I was looking for were peaks in engagement. So I looked at the types of posts that had the most comments and the most shares, not the most likes because 
likes are a dime a dozen. I mean, anyone mm. can hit like, but, but what, what was I sharing either before, during, or after my event that provoked a response that, that ignited an actual conversation and not just a passing by uh, like. And so we, we took sort of all those topics and listed them out and we looked for patterns. What were, what were the reoccurring segments of the talk that people were surfacing in a public forum. And then the third thing we did, the third step was we went into dark social, looked at all of our DMs, all of our direct messages. And the one thing that I always do when people say, I loved your talk, I loved your event, that was incredible. You know, most of us just say, thank you so much and kind of walk away. But the best question that I forget who told me this, I wish I could remember and give them credit. Mm -hmm. It might've been Phil Jones, but someone, or Neen James, someone, but someone told me when someone says, great job on your talk, the question you should always ask is say, thank you so much. Which part specifically are you going to be able to apply today or tomorrow? What was the moment in that talk that for you was your aha moment? And it's so interesting because when you, when you have that follow-up question from their compliment, you start to uncover these patterns of what is the real thread in your presentation that people are anchoring on. And so so sort of with these three steps, one, watching the videos, two, looking at the public forum commentary, and then three, looking in the dark social and like even in DMs, people would say, I love your talk. And, and I asked that question back in DMs, you know, so looking at these three different sources, Amy, mm-hmm. we sort of pulled together what the journey was going to look like to translate what happens live into a digital format. So that was kind of our process. So as opposed to just saying, let's write an outline of what we think people are going to want, we worked backwards from what we know has helped others. Because if it helped people live, it's going to help people virtually. Yeah, that's that's so interesting, and it's such a good way to approach it because, you know, you, what you may think of the light bulb moment situations that you've engineered in, um, you may not be right. You know, like you're going to talk to people and be quite surprised at the points that where you saw everyone jot something down, everyone's posture change, like and and hearing people's responses. It's so important to ask people, isn't it? And and be prepared to perhaps be surprised at. at, at a part that you did not think was maybe the most significant that actually people said that was a life-changing comment that you made there. Yes, so, every um, time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We don't always know. Um, yeah. So, so you, so you kind of, you know, you you worked out the journey that you take people on and the key things that really resonate with people, mm-hmm. and then started to to work out. Okay, how can we we create something? that delivers a similar kind of emotional experience. Well, yes. And Mm. that also helps you to strip out the fat of your presentation. Mm. And that, the fat's not the right word. It helps you strip out the parts of your live presentation that work so well live, but that maybe don't always translate in a virtual environment. Because when you're talking about putting together a course, it, it is a one way download. It's, you know, it's, it's, you have comments in your course and and people have been using the comments early and often in my course, which I'm really excited about, but there's a delay. It's, it's asynchronistic. So later I can comment, but maybe they've already moved on to another chapter or they've, you know, it was yesterday or, so it's hard to have that immediate two-way feedback. And so 
when you marker those moments, it allows you to make sure that every single moment in that course is a nugget, is an insight, is a golden aha moment. Because think about how distracted we get with all the tabs and the notifications and now everyone's online. And so it's so much more competitive. It is a hyper competitive digital environment. And we have more time, but there's also more competition for eyeballs. You are creating your course, marking these milestone aha moments and making sure that your entire course outline is just every moment is a hit. It's, it's like a greatest hits playlist, right? Um, that's one way to make sure that your course is getting the positive feedback that you're looking for. Now, the second, the other thing you want to think about is the general vibe of your course. It might not be the same vibe as your live experience. So for example, I'm very high energy. As you can tell, I speak quickly. I get really excited. You know, you walk into that general session and the DJs pumping music and the energy's on fire and I run out in my sneakers and I am just ready to just, you know, rock out for people and just leave my whole soul on the stage. <laughs> right. But right now we're in the middle of a global pandemic. Like I said, people, I'm on calls every day, just like we all are with friends that have lost jobs. I mean, we've, I've personally lost someone in my family to COVID. I mean, we, there's so much happening right now that is not be your best self, live your best life, improve, improve. I mean, the, the dialogue and the, and the tone has shifted from be your best self to survival. I mean, there's a yeah. survival undertone happening mm-hmm. and that's a very different landscape to create an experience within. It's not a pump up keynote, live our best life. It is, I'm at home and I'm afraid and I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. So I'm doing my best with what I can right now. And so when you reframe the psychology of people that are going to be experiencing your course or going online, and again, it's a roller coaster. Some days people are feeling better or worse than others. But what I did with my course is I, I took the temperature of of what's happening and I, I decided to call it the social media spa because I wanted to create an experience that was sort of an antidote to the vibe that we're feeling right now. I wanted my course not to be more to learn, more to do, get you fired up because I think we have enough to figure out and, and there's already enough high emotion running right now. I want it to be the antithesis of that. So the idea of a spa experience, even the way I'm delivering my videos, I have calming music. It's less is more. It's gentle stories. It's not in your face positivity, me firing in all cylinders like I usually am. It's sort of a, a more appropriate subdued version of where things are. Instead of giving them five things, I'm giving them one. Yeah. You know, instead of <clears throat> telling a story about someone that was in this grave danger, I pulled back. The stories are have a little more light humor to them. Make them smile a little bit. Try to deliver what they need, not just from an educational standpoint, but from an emotional standpoint as well. So that was kind of the the, the other part of it. And is is the main format of your course videos? Is each kind of module within it a video? Yes. So yeah. I built it in Kajabi and. Right. I have 15, I call them treatments, spa treatments, 15 Mm -hmm. treatments. Each treatment has a video that's between five to seven. Some have eight, nine minutes. And I keep it moving. Lots of stories. I'm using a lot of motion graphics to keep the the viewer engaged. And then on the right-hand side, uh, next to the video, there is a transcription if you want to read it. There is an MP3 if you want to just listen to it and get your steps in, either at home or safely in your neighborhood away from other people. And then the other... uh, 
piece of it is a downloadable workbook for each treatment. And the workbook just has key points and then exercises they can do to apply the learning to their own business right away. So um, what what also was helpful, Amy, in building this um, was to answer the really tough question of who is this course really for? And I think that right now, because so many keynote speakers are I mean, let's be honest, we're freaking out. We've lost all our revenue for the year. And so we want to build this mega course that's going to appeal to everyone and just sell the heck out of as many as we can because we have bills to pay and families to take care of. And that's just a natural knee-jerk reaction, right? In times of desperation, you got to do what you can. We're all in survival mode. However, there is every single speaker and there is every single thought leader and author, we're all trying to play in this new space. And so it's very competitive. And so there's never been a better time than ever to discover and decide and commit to who your audience is. Who is mm. that niche, that niche? I wish the word niche or niche, whatever. <laughs> I don't even know how to pronounce it. But but so like, for, for example, with my social media agency, Socialite, Social media, as you know, hello, you work in the space. It is the most saturated industry in the world. And it wasn't until my agency started running social media for live events, as you'll notice in, in the intro you gave me, where we branded ourselves as the world's only social media agency specializing in live events. So we just, we would literally not do ongoing retainers. We wouldn't do brand work. We would refer it to other agencies and we would just, we created this, this proprietary process around before, during, and after after live events specifically. This like really detailed, optimized plan. And when we became that agency, whenever there was a live event that needed social media help, our referrals went through the roof because everyone's like, oh no, these are the guys that do just for live events. So similar to that approach, which is what helped us be successful with this course, who is this for specifically? How can you own the space so when someone hits that landing page, you're speaking right to them? So for me... I looked at, okay, who, who is actually in need of what I offer? So social media help right now. And also number two, who is an industry that is open to this? Meaning that they're not imploding. They're not shutting down and furloughing and firing. They, they, they are in a, they are still in a growth phase despite what's happening in the world. And then number three, psychologically and, and fiscally, they can afford to invest in something when most of the world right now truthfully can't. Mm. So it's asking those questions and uncovering who that was. And so for me, that was the direct selling industry. So a lot of my MLM clients, I noticed that they were sharing with me privately, like, I feel so guilty because I know that the world is imploding and people are losing their jobs, but I just had my best month ever because in times like this, people want to invest in health and wellness uh, supplements, health and wellness, um, you know, trainings and, and systems, and people want to take care of themselves, you know, their health is is paramount in the middle of of a, an infectious disease like this. And so all of my different contacts there were saying, you know, we are actually having our best months ever. And as long as the supply chain holds up, our deliveries are fine. So so they are in a they're in a growth mode. They are they are building, they are growing. They already work from home. That's not new for them. 
And so I uncovered that that was going to be my target. Now, when I went to each of my direct selling clients and said, I know your conventions are canceling. I know your conferences are canceling. I had this experience. They jumped on it because they are in a space where they are still improving, not just surviving. Now, if I had gone to a different industry that, you know, if I had gone to one of the many industries right now that are hospitality, you know, restaurants, retail that are really struggling, the success would not be there. So it's just kind of asking yourself who's going to make the most sense for what you offer and for the times right now. Yeah, exactly. What 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 problem do you solve and who has that problem right now? And as she said, they have to be able to afford it as if we're part of a business venture as well. Um, well when for you with the talking, the you know, your the career and the engagements that you had already booked in for the year that got obviously got cancelled, was there any opportunity for you to um offer up the course to those organizations in lieu of delivering the talk that had been planned on the stage? Well, I actually... I, I delivered a, a scaled back version of my keynote virtually, and then the course was sort of an add-on. So oh, okay. uh, the, with the direct selling industry, it's sort of, it's B2B and B2C, you know, because the main brand will bring you in for the keynote, but then the different consultants under the brand, they're sort of responsible for their own training and education. So it's sort of a unique business model. So what I would say is also if, if you know, the, the thing with the course is someone has either read your book, they've seen you speak, they follow you on social media, they feel like they know you. You buy someone's course because you already like, know, and trust them. So I think offering a course out the gate without having that relationship with an audience can be really challenging, which is exactly why earlier we were talking about the importance of webinars to bring free content to someone so they can get to know you and say, oh my gosh, I need more of this person. If you look at the most successful online training business in the world right now, Masterclass, all the personalities that are teaching these online courses are faces that you know, like, and trust. You know, learning comedy from Steve Martin, learning yeah. how to sing from Christina Aguilera. You already love these people. You know them. You're fans of them. And so it makes the conversion a lot higher. So the question you want to ask yourself is, which audiences already know, like, and trust me so I can offer this course to them? And if it's a keynote presentation where you were going to be new to them, how can you still get in front of them, deliver your best version of a virtual presentation so they can get to know you, get to like you, get to trust you. And now you have somewhere to take them because oftentimes your fee has been reduced for a virtual keynote, but now you have a way to sort of make up that, that difference. Yeah, absolutely. And um, when, you know, when, when things do start getting back to normal and we, we go back to having events, um, it's not as if you are going to go and kind of park any of this, is it? Because this is now a new part of your, your business and a new offering from the stage when things get back to normal as well as uh, serving you during this troubling time. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep. So, and, and do you think there are opportunities for you to do kind of any more, I suppose, kind of repurposing of the course? Can you kind of break it down into other content in order to sell the course or is that something that you're thinking about doing kind of slicing and dicing bits of it for marketing that kind of thing yes it was yeah. funny I was actually looking through the videos and I thought 
I think I need to take this course to figure out how to market my course. <laughs> you know, Brilliant. It's, it's, sometimes it's easier to be a coach than a player. It, it's mm-hmm. it's easier to see it strategically when you're stepping back. And then once you're in it and it's yours and your sleeves are rolled up, it can be a little bit tougher, right? Even to walk your own walk. And so I was challenging myself to adhere to a lot of the principles that I'm preaching. Um, and so, so yes, I believe that, that the, the idea is how can you serve people? How can you offer that value? Um, but also right now, because there's so much serving and free content happening on social media, it's also a unique challenge that we're facing of what is the line? What is the line between what people can access that's free? And what is that difference between free content and paid content? How do we make that delineation? Is it is it more value? Is it higher production quality? Is it, is it gamification? Is it supplemental learning? Is it, you know, what, what are the pieces of that? Is it more experts into one experience? What are the factors and the parameters that warrant and deserve a price tag beyond giving freely? Because as speakers, a lot of us justified our, our earned content, putting out all of these podcasts and, and white papers and emails and all the things we do to try and serve our audience, sort of like recording artists, all of that content was available free, just like YouTube, because people would go and pay for concert tickets. So people would go to a live event to see you live. And that was our conversion point. Well, now that conversion point is gone. So I think it's really important for all of us as as speakers and, and even meeting planners to sort of reestablish that conversion point. What does it look like for you? Because if you're working your butt off, sharing your knowledge, sharing your brain, sharing your insights, sharing your experiences, but you don't have a point of conversion, you still have bills to pay. So there's yeah, a line okay. there that we got to figure out, right? So, yeah. um, so I think it's been, it's been an interesting time. You know, the other thing too is repurposing is fantastic. I just, one word of caution I would say about repurposing is to make sure that you go back through and update any of your automated content. So if you have a drip funnel or you have anything that's sort of automated, that's been in place for six months, a year or longer, making sure that you're going back through and with a fine tooth comb, making sure all that messaging is still appropriate and is yeah. still relevant because I have been getting more automated messages lately than you would believe about, you know, girls nights out. And, um, you know, it was an automated drip funnel campaign about it's Friday night. You're going out with your girlfriends. Don't forget to do X, Y, Z. And I, I wrote the uh, course creator back and I said, by the way, no one's going out on Friday night right now. I might want to update that, you know, um, yeah. and yeah. people sending emails about spring fashion and stepping out in fashion. And it's like, I, I mean, I have not worn anything that has not had the last <laughs> in a month. Like I'm not, you and I are both wearing gray, gray hoodies right now after our, after our home workout. So we're not <laughs> stepping out in spring fashion right now. So just making sure that your your automation has been updated, you know. Yeah, I'm the same. I only just got a um, post on Instagram in the last couple of hours that was talking about coming along for our April meetup and for podcasters and wherever it was. And it was just like, how can you not have, you know, gone and removed your meetup posts and things like that? Because there's no meetups. Um, I think, um, you know, it's so important to not put things on, on auto and, and like you said, just readjust your messaging. You can't not 
uh, you can't you can't just carry on and, and act like that what is going on isn't going on um you, you don't have to focus on it but there needs to be some subtleties and then some common sense in what you simply need to pull isn't there <laughs> absolutely so what would you say um for kind of i guess final question um anybody who is currently thinking this you know I, I could do something similar here I'm looking at a way to to monetize my knowledge and experience I may be giving away a bit too much for free at the moment and the thought of creating some kind of course or product is a great idea what would you say would be your kind of top tip for just getting started with um, transferring your knowledge into a course into a product well, the very first tip that I just gave to my mastermind group yesterday, the She Noters, which is uh, Tamsin Webster, Neen James, and Tammy Evans, all three dynamo keynote speakers and brilliant brains. Check them out. They are so awesome. Um, but we were talking about how to transfer, particularly Neen and Tammy are looking to transfer their knowledge um, into an online course. Tamsin already has a really great online offering sort of in place. Um, so the first step really is, I think, it's almost breaking through a limiting belief that we have that this is such an enormous, untackleable undertaking. You know, it's this, oh, how would I ever build a course? And and I think it's almost similar to maybe getting started in the stock market or learning a new language. These these huge intimidating new ventures that seem so scary because we just don't know. It's so unknown and we're getting into new waters and new territories. So what I would say, the biggest thing for me that, that helped me to sort of demystify it and make me feel braver and more confident and really, really get excited about building it was I just, first I selected a platform that made sense for me. I chose Kajabi. There's a ton of platforms out there. So choosing the platform that worked for me was Kajabi. And then I just spent an afternoon with a cup of tea and I watched all of the Kajabi University videos. And it just walks you through. I took a course on how to make a course. <laughs> and, <laughs> and just watching that made me realize, okay, well, this is doable. I can see how this blueprint lays out. I can, I can follow one step at a time and map it out. And what I did, Amy, is I just would tackle one step of the course, making my course per day. You know, so one day it was get comfortable with your, the environment you're going to be filming your videos in. One day it was create a master outline and, and run it by some of your current clients and get their feedback. Another day it was research the best format for worksheets. So you just tackle one thing a day. You know, a lot of people right now in, in pandemic times, I'm seeing a lot of people doing these jigsaw puzzles on social media. Are you seeing all these puzzles people yeah. are doing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like this resurgence of the analog puzzle. And I think there's, there's two people, people that love puzzles and people that are like, this is me. Why would you ever want to add another problem? to solve right now. But, yeah. but, you know, but there is, I read there's all this therapeutic evidence that focusing on one piece at a time, a process that you can piece together one piece, it lowers your cortisol, it lowers your stress, it boosts your endorphins. There's all kinds of great reasons people are doing these jigsaw puzzles. And so think about your course similar to a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. One piece at a time, piece by piece, one day at a time. And then you'll be able to get yourself on the right path towards bringing your brilliant, beautiful brain to the world that needs it. 
Yeah, that's just brilliant advice and so such kind of good advice for the, the time that we're in. And, you know, I've been adjusting how I work in that way as well in terms of I, you know, used to write the biggest to-do list you've ever seen for my usual days. But now, you know, I'm kind of looking at it and just picking out what are the actual one or two things that just absolutely have to get done today to not feel too overwhelmed and then anything else that I do off the rest of it is good but just breaking things down more and we did that when we built our toolkit we um like exactly like you said when we started building it we didn't actually even know what platform we were going to host it on we we just knew initially what you know video tutorials and checklists and things we were going to do created one at a time then we found the the platform you know then we work the platform out then we work the marketing out and just you know didn't tackle every aspect of the project and feel overwhelmed by every single bit of it but actually um broke it down and that's what you need to do isn't it so thank you such wonderful tips um where can people go to obviously find out more about you but find out more you know get a potentially you know get hold of this course this wonderful course that we've been talking about too so where Mm -hmm. should we direct people to (laughs) Well, it's thesocialmediaspa.com. And what I'll do, I'll create a little uh, coupon code for listeners mm-hmm. of the Content 10X podcast. So uh, we'll call it Content 10X. That'll be the, the coupon code for half off the course. Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> and um, then people can check it out and they can see sort of the journey and hopefully become inspired to create something of their own for their audiences. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. I'll put the, all of the notes and everything in um, all the links in the show notes. So everybody can get that. And thanks, Erin. That's fantastic. Yeah, sure. um, and um and then your personal website um erinking.com right that's right (laughs) yeah that's right nice and simple so we'll put links to that as well um well thank you so much for coming on um such an inspiring story in in everything that you do um and just so inspiring as to to what you've been working on in response to what's going on at the moment and just wish you all the success with it as well um and i'm sure you will be successful and when things get a little bit more back to normal um i hope that we will meet in person at some point at an event as well let's hope (laughs) i hope so too amy thank you so much and stay safe Okay, so I hope you enjoyed that discussion. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoy the show, I'd really appreciate it if you could subscribe if you haven't already and even leave a review. That would be really appreciated as well. Now to let you know, my new book, Content 10X, More Content, Less Time, Maximum Results is now available to purchase. You can get that over on Amazon or if you head to content10x.com forward slash book. I'm getting loads of really great reviews coming in from the book already. So thanks so much to those of you who have already purchased it and left reviews. It really is the ultimate guide to content repurposing and you can discover all sorts of tips and tricks for how to repurpose pretty much any type of content in the book. If you're interested in our fully end-to-end content repurposing service, then head on over to content10x.com as well, where you can find out lots about that. And also give me a follow over on social media. I'm at content10x on all of the social media platforms. So again, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and I'll catch you in the next one.